For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, uh, welcome to the show. Chris Free Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also streaming live on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn. Of course, we're broadcasting live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, and the award-winning Sirius XM app. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you. God, we're in so many places. It, uh, it always takes me a minute to sort of try to put it all together in my uh, rather tired brain today. Uh, we have a, a massive uh, weekend ahead of us of FA Cup fourth-round action. Of course, we're going to look back at all the Premier League action over the week because we had these big midweek games today. And some absolute shocking results, I have to say. If you listen to the preview show we did earlier on in the week, and again, I apologize if you are a fan of the show, as I, as I know you are, and a regular listener, uh, that uh, this week uh, we've had some technical stuff going on. I've had a few personal things, so uh, we uh, ended up playing a couple of days of replays. So I apologize back for that to you, our listeners. Uh, we try to give you uh, new shows daily here, and, and you know, we come on live, and uh, we love to do it, but uh, sometimes, you know, it um, uh, crap happens. I don't know what else to say. But anyway, uh, we had an incredible slate of Premier League games, and if you followed the preview show that we did, you will know that we got a lot of the predictions wrong. That is not to a surprise, though, because a lot of these uh, results were shocking Results, And we're going to talk about Manchester United in a little bit. And I'm about ready at this point to change my opinion about something. And you know I can be very stubborn, so this is always a bit of a shocker when that happens. But yes, I'm ready to change my opinion about something. And uh, I will happily tell you all about it after the break. I just want to remind you that this show, you can find it on the Believe Podcast Network right after the show is finished. B-L-E-A-V. Right there. That's our podcast network. Go ahead, download it, uh, subscribe so you can listen to it at your convenience at the gym. You can sweat with the oldies. That would be me while I'm talking to you. You can exercise and get healthy while I'm sitting on my ass doing this show, uh, getting fat, drinking uh, coffee, and uh, eating bad food. So there you have it. All right, I'm going to step aside, take a break. We'll be right back to kick it off here on Fifth Street Soccer. And oh, by the way, bit of a news about bit of news about the show coming down the pike, which I will tell you sort of towards the end. All right, I'll be right back after this. All right, thanks for uh, staying with me here on Fistry Soccer. Nick Eber with you. Find me on Twitter, by the way, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. And you can also find me, by the way, on a regular basis, I do a show for Picks and Parlays, which is one of the top handicapping sites in the country uh i host it you know american sports aren't necessarily my uh my strength 
but I am a, I am a host, so I do host the show. We get a lot of top handicappers in, talking about everything from NFL to NBA, uh, college basketball. We obviously do football there as well, uh, and NFL football and all of this stuff. So if you like to bet on sports, uh, don't listen really to me as much as you want to listen to these expert handicappers. And you can find that show at picksandparlays.net. You can also find it on Sports Byline every day at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. All right, uh, enough of that promotion, but please do join me there because we have a lot of fun on that show as well. But look, let's talk about some of the Premier League results this weekend because, pardon me, not this weekend, during the week, uh, because there were some uh, fairly shocking results starting on Tuesday uh, where we had what I had touted at the time was going to be a, a sort of big... A relegation six-pointer uh, for a couple of teams, and and those teams did not disappoint. Uh, Waston, uh, Waston, that's the cross between Watford and Aston Villa. Uh, Watford, Aston Villa at Villa Park was a huge match. At the time, Villa were in the relegation zone. Watford were doing this great uh, dust boot act that I was telling you about where they were rising slowly from the depths of the bottom of the ocean uh, after Nigel Pearson had come in. Uh, but they've had a couple of bad results. I mean, started off with uh, a nil-nil uh, at uh, at home against Tottenham, which I guess is not really a bad result, by the way. But this one was a really bad result. Away at Villa Park, they lost 2-1, and that was a really, really tough result for them. Now, look, they are not relegated by any stretch of the imagination. They are at 23 points, uh, 15th place Brighton, uh, are on 25 points so you know there's one win away from being in the 19th spot to being in the 14th or 15th spot so that's how tight it is at the bottom of the table and speaking of Brighton and Hove Albion they had a shocking result uh, four goals in this game against teams that really haven't two teams that really have scored what about four goals between them in the last 50 games Bournemouth at home the Cherries uh, beating uh, the Seagulls at Brighton Hove Albion 3-1 and Bournemouth rising from the bottom with that with that win and that frankly was their first win in oh gosh let's see when did they last win a game uh, back in the middle of December was when they last won a game what seven weeks ago uh, I didn't predict that I th actually thought this one was going to be a draw uh, but it wasn't and um, so as a result uh, Bournemouth move their way very slowly up and we talked last week about or excuse me on Monday about whether it was time for Eddie Howe to get the sack or not and this could have been a managerial job saving result for Eddie Howe at Bournemouth with this 3-1 home victory against Brighton and that pushes Brighton who I think are a crap team by the way I'm sorry I know they can play nice football but some of these teams at the bottom are Brighton, Bournemouth, Norwich, uh, to a lesser degree, Villa, have really not impressed me. And then I look at teams, for example, like Watford, who I think are a good team, who just have had a bad run of form, particularly earlier on in the season, that, that really affected them badly. So those were some really, really big results that I don't think anybody saw. Southampton going away to uh, Selhurst Park and getting a win against Palace was also a bit of a surprise. Nice to see. We've spoken a bit about Southampton how they were at the absolute bottom, Ralph Hasenhutl, as we mentioned, uh, like around uh, end of November, they were 19th in the table. Second to dead last in the table. And then uh, since that time, you know, they kept faith with Hasenhutl. We've talked about this. 
Uh, and then, boom, look at this. They are now up to ninth in the table after this 2-0 victory over Crystal Palace. And uh, that was a bit of a shocker. What a turnaround it is at Southampton. And I think we're going to use this as a little bit of a discussion as we get into the uh, fourth Pardon me, the fourth. The this is a long segment of the show because we're going to talk about managers and, and, and managerial appointments. By the way, next segment I'm going to get with Al Ninos, who's a top handicapper at Picks and Polys. We're going to handicap some three or four FA Cup matches, fourth round matches for you. Al and I differ on on a couple of them, but I, I think you'll find it interesting. Um, so yeah, that was the result at Selhurst Park. Southampton going away to Crystal Palace and getting a very unlikely victory. The other one, by the way, was Newcastle United getting points again from Everton. I don't mean getting points again from Everton. I mean getting points. Newcastle United, Steve Bruce. Uh, You know, this man has to be... uh, I I mentioned this earlier. I I happen to be a big fan of Steve Bruce. He's very understated and, uh, and, and, and not inclined to invective and you know, doesn't really rock the boat. He's just a nice guy manager and um, steady hand and exactly what Newcastle United want. And by the way, we'll get into this in the last segment of the show. They've actually made a couple of signings. So Mike Ashley ready to, or not ready, has actually whipped out the pocketbook a bit. And I think that's really smart because Newcastle United are essentially 10 points from safety. If you think 40 points guarantees you safety. Uh, During a season where they have at times been uh, at the bottom, getting into the bottom, threatened uh, with relegation, uh, it's really nice to see them put a string of results together. And they are unbeaten now in their last three games. They had the draw against Wolves, uh, the home win against Chelsea. Remember that last second win. And then this sort of shocker 2-2. Uh, against Everton at Goodison Park. And so Newcastle now finding themselves in 14th position. So that's a great result. Very happy. I'm a big Newcastle fan. I th- think that's that's terrific. Uh, the other shock result, Sheffield United uh, at Bramall Lane, you know, getting uh, losing only 1-0 to Man City. Sheffield United are really an interesting club because obviously a promoted club definitely punching above their weight, playing very, very nice football. And I think they have everything they need to be a successful team in the Premier League. I mean, clearly they're not getting relegated at this point. Uh, From a points perspective, they're seven points away from uh, that sort of 40-point safety margin. But if you look at the teams around them, I mean, mean, they're right there with the Southampton, the Wolves. Uh, They could put a run together. Unfortunately for them, it's been a rough five games or so. Uh, They lost to City at home. Uh, they, you know, they have these sort of two matches to City, of which they lost both both of them, 2-0 and 1-0. I mean, it's hardly being blown out by a club that's prolific at scoring goals, and it tends to put poor poor teams to the sword. Uh, Sheffield United, not a poor team. Uh, then, of course, they lost to Liverpool 2-0. So uh, of the three games they've lost in the last five, two were to City, one to, to Liverpool. Uh, they did beat West Ham 1-0, and then they had a 1-1 away at the Emirates against Arsenal. And I would say that's a good result, but Arsenal is such a rubbish team at the moment that I'm not sure that that actually was a particularly good result for them, uh, given everything that's gone on. But having said that, um, that was a uh, an interesting result. I I, I didn't think that... Um, I did not think that they were going to win that game. I thought the scoreline was going to be a lot heavier of a scoreline 
than in fact uh, it was. All right, we've just got a, a couple of minutes left, so I want to run down some of these other results. And um, we'll get to them all after we do our segment with Al, too, so don't worry about that. Um, uh, Chelsea-Arsenal 2-2 at, at the bridge. I mean, both uh, Arsenal are a crap team. I don't know what to say. I mean, they showed some metal coming back to make it 2-2. I'll give them that. I and mean, Maybe they haven't lost in the last three games, so maybe not too bad for Arsenal, but I'm still not sold on this team. Um, Spurs getting a 2-1 win at home against Norwich. Again, no Harry Kane. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's more... Yeah, they put on a decent performance, but I think Norwich really played up, and I think Norwich have now realized that you know they better do something. So not a bad result. Uh, Leicester thumping West Ham at home. I expected that. That was a sort of turnabout result. And finally, the last two results, which we're going to hold for later on in the show, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers losing uh, to Liverpool at Molyneux 2-1 on Thursday, and the big shock result of the weekend, United at Old Trafford, getting turned over by Burnley. That is a result that has massive implications uh, in the Premier League and massive implications for a club that is uh, one that is and was one of the great clubs, still is probably a great club, but in turmoil. All right, we'll talk about it more when we come back. But next up, let's talk some FA Cup with Al Nino's. All right, uh, welcome back to the show. History Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nikki. But did you know today is National Compliment Day? I may have mentioned that earlier. And uh, allow me to get a jump on it and tell everybody out there listening how how fabulous you all are today on National Compliment Day. And, of course, compliments are meant to be uh, reciprocal, so you can send me a compliment at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, and uh, love to hear from you. Look, uh, we have FA Cup coming up. We, we spoke about that. We have that coming up uh, this weekend. And uh, there are some interesting matches, finally, as we start to get into the latter rounds of the FA Cup. We're now in the fourth round. Probably the most interesting matchup, a uh, couple of real fascinating ones. Uh, Southampton Tottenham is one I definitely uh, think we need to focus in on. That's a grudge match. Remember uh, Tottenham uh, uh, going back to St. Mary's, and that's where Tottenham Hotspur lost last time. Jose Mourinho got a card. If you remember this, I'm going to get into it. All right. What I want to do, though, is because everybody likes to bet this stuff, is to bring in my good friend and star handicapper from net, Al Ninos, and uh, talk about... Uh, some select FA Cup matches and some good bets for you. Al, allow me to say, you look fabulous today. Thanks, uh, so do you, as always. Ah, and uh, so finely groomed. I, I, I congratulate you this National uh, Compliment Day. All right, Al, let's get to it. We're going to talk some FA Cup action. For those of you that don't know, the English soccer season basically never ends. It's about three and a half months off at most if there's no international play. Uh, there's the league. In this case, it's the Premier League. If you're not playing in the Premier League, you're in the Championship or you're in the First Division, uh, the, the leagues underneath it. And then you've got the domestic cup competitions, the FA Cup, the League Cup. You then have the European Cup competitions if you're at that elite echelon of team, uh, the Champions League or the Europa League. Uh, so these cup competitions, some of them are very, very old. This is the FA Cup. This is one of the oldest cup competitions in sports, period. 
in all sports around the world. This is one of the oldest competitions there is. It's a very prestigious cup competition. We have four matches that we've picked for you. This is not just Premier League teams fighting. Anybody in the league can be in the FA Cup. They have to get through qualifying rounds and, and everything else. So I'm just trying to clear it up for everyone now so that they know uh, exactly what we're talking about here. So let's start with the first one, shall we? Uh, let's go with Brentford versus Leicester. Now, I talked about the championship. That's the league right under the Premier League. Brentford are fifth in the championship, and they have a real goal scorer in this side with a guy named Ollie Watkins. Watch out for this guy. He can bang the ball in the back of the net. He puts it in the back of the old onion bag. That's Ollie's trick, okay? Leicester City, they've just got over a little bit of a blip in the Premier League uh, by beating West Ham in midweek. But look, I expect Brendan Rodgers is going to rest his players here for this one. Uh, with a league fixture against Chelsea coming up over the weekend, a big one at Stamford Bridge. And then they also have a Carabao Cup where they're really, really deep in the Carabao Cup. And Jamie Vardy's injured. Expect Brendan Rodgers to give his younger players on this side, they're already a young team, by the way, a good run out. Some of the players that you don't see all the time. So I'm accepting, I, I'm thinking uh, no Jamie Vardy. Uh, this is away at Griffin Park. This could be an upset in the making. By the way, this is the first meeting of these two teams since 1948-1949 season. Um, uh, this could be a big upset. Uh, Brentford, Leicester. And by the way, if Leicester exit the FA Cup, I don't think too many people will be crying. All right, there you go. What do you, th what do you see in this one, Al? Well, uh, Leicester, you know, uh, as you said, they uh, had a bit of a rough patch there in the Premier League after a very hot start. You know, they uh, were close to the top uh, just waiting for Liverpool to slip up, but uh, they never did. So uh, I think, uh, you know, Leicester and other teams that are uh, a bit behind um, Liverpool will give this FA Cup their best shot because, I mean, they might want to take some home. You know, they know they got pretty much no shot at the Premier League. So why not give this uh, FA Cup a try? And uh, I think they come out to play and uh, win this game. So I'm taking All right, so uh, gonna... Leicester minus 116. All right, you're taking Leicester City minus 116. I'm taking the upset, yeah. Brentford, what, uh, what, the giant killing act. What, what, what is the, what is the uh, uh, money line on Brentford? Let me pull that up for you again. It is uh, plus 327 on the Beautiful. Money line. Love that. Big money. Brentford, go for it. All right, next up. I wonder if that's my, uh, wonder if that's my banker calling. No, it's not. All right, he's like, yeah, you're going to put all your money on Brentford. They better win. Next up, Millwall, Sheffield United. This is at the Den. If you don't know anything about uh, English football, Millwall, nasty. If you follow punk rock in the old days, Sham 69, that's all about Millwall, all right? Sheffield United, look, they have been the surprise package in the Premier League this season. Chris Wilder, though, will absolutely use this match to give his players a run out, okay? Uh, they only just beat Fylde to get here, which was like a non-league team, uh, a conference team. Um, and the reason for that is Sheffield United were uh, a promoted team. So just staying in the Premier League and doing as well as they have been doing for the Blades is winning a trophy in and of itself. Uh, he's not going to jeopardize injuries. He's not going to jeopardize players. I think he knows there's zero chance they're going to go through and win this competition. He's going to give those kids a run out, those guys that are sitting on the bench waiting for their turn. Millwall, on the other hand, under Gary Rowett, they are uh, one of the champion championships informed teams plus the atmosphere at the den it's never friendly okay it's a cauldron uh, Millwall lost just one in the last 14 matches 
And uh, they uh, only nominally lost. I mean, it was a close match, 2-1 against Sheffield. That was only 18 months ago. I like this one for an upset, Al. And the last FA Cup meeting, but there's the two other FA Cup meetings with this team. Uh, one of them Chip Chirimbus was at. He was at the first one in 1895, but apparently he was already in college by the time the second one happened in 1914. So they haven't met in the FA Cup for a while, but I like the upset. Uh, take it away. Uh, yeah, again, so I'm going to have to uh, disagree with you on this one. You know, they came up, uh, Sheffield came up a little short against Manchester City, you know, just losing 1-0 against a very good side there. And uh, I think they're in a little bounce-back spot here against the weaker side. Um, uh, I like Sheffield here at uh, plus 134 on the money line. Very I nice mean, money I line for Sheffield you. at plus 134. But tell me, what is Millwall's money line, my good man? Millwall must be a bit juicier than that. It is at plus 237. Oh, sweet, plus 237. I'm going to sprinkle some fine profits in my bank account with that one. All right, next up, the grudge match of the century. At least it seems that way. Uh, this is at St. Mary's, where Tottenham Hotspur will be returning to face Southampton after about 30 days ago. They lost to Ralph Hatton, who's side in a very contentious match. They saw Jose Mourinho essentially get ejected. Carr didn't ejected. And on the way out, he called one of the Southampton coaches an effing idiot. Now he's going to have to get to face that man again. It wasn't Ralph Hasenhutl, by the way. Just want to be clear about that. He called one of his assistants an effing idiot. Uh, now Mourinho is going to have to face the music and face the man he called an effing idiot. Uh, but look, uh, you know, Southampton uh, have been, uh, shall we say, in trouble, and then they kept faith with Hasenhutl, and you know everything's come right, and they're sort of happily mid-table, and the relegation battle's not staring them in the face. The fact of the matter is, Jose Mourinho has had real trouble at Spurs right now. They've had disappointing league form. Uh, Harry, they've lost Harry Kane. There's a lot of talk that Mourinho's already losing the dressing room at Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, he's trying to get a, a new striker in. He's not getting it. They're, as I said, their Premier League form has been disappointed. Plus, you know, he's going to run out the A squad for this game. Trust me, this is a grudge match. Mourinho does those very well. Deli Alli's going to play. Hyungmin Son's going to play. Expect Ericsson at some point to make an appearance. Hopefully, Deli Alli won't have a fit when he's substituted. Uh, they're going to get the run out, and they're going to get the winner in this one. And this, for me, is a Tottenham victory at St. Mary's. Yeah, I do agree with you on this one. Um... And, yeah, as you said, they had that uh, tough 1-0 loss to uh, to Southampton on New Year's Day. And, yeah, we'll be looking for payback here. And I think they get it. They're, uh, they will be on the road. But, you know, I don't think that the home field is uh, – I mean, I still like Tottenham here despite being on the road, despite having lost them earlier. I think they, they get their payback here. I'm taking them at a pick him at minus 120. But I'm assuming you're taking the uh, the money line at plus 151, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take I'm going to take the money line on these. You know, this is FA Cup giant killers. This is what it's about. Let's move on very quickly. Last one: uh, Hull Chess Hull versus Chelsea. Uh, this is at the KCOM. Uh, Chelsea haven't lost an FA Cup tie away at a lower league team for 12 years. Okay, and even though their form uh, has been a little iffy as of late, uh, there I, I think they've got more than enough here to beat Hull. Look, Chelsea were lucky to win at Arsenal. They played very well at Tottenham, uh, but they were bullied in their losses uh, at Everton and Newcastle. They were held at Brighton. Uh, look, I, I think if a team plays super physical against these young guys on Chelsea, they can get the results. Having said that, 
as much as I would love for Hull to be a giant killer, I don't see it. I think Chelsea are going to hold the ground here. I don't think they're going to lose an FA Cup to lower league opposition in this year either. So I'm going to go with Chelsea on this one, Al. Yeah, again, going back to my uh, little Leicester theory here, I think they're going to be one of those teams that will try to go for this FA Cup, just knowing they can't win the Premier League. So uh, they're the much better side here and heavy favorites. So even uh, got to lay a little juice when you're laying a goal. So I'm taking the minus one, minus 130. I also see them at uh, plus 131 if you want to lay a goal and a half. So yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, that's excellent. That's I mean, I like the, I like the goal and a half, by the way. Um, Al, the, the, the only thing, and we're running out of time here, the only, the only caveat I would give you on your Leicester City um, analysis is that, you know, solidifying a top four place, and yeah, they do have a decent lead right now in the top four, absolutely. Um, solidifying a top four place is really like winning a cup for Leicester City because it means they'll be in the Champions League next year. So, so don't forget that, that, you know, he's not likely to risk a lot of players for injuries, something that could really affect him because all you need, is, you know, we, we know Man City's getting hot with Laporte coming back with Aguero. Uh, you know, all you need is a Chelsea or you know, any one of those other, uh, or Wolves look fantastic today. You know, uh, they could give him a run. All right, Al, we got to go. Love talking football, soccer with you. We'll do it again next week. I'll be right back. This is a public service announcement. Nick Eber here. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. You heard it. You're nuts. Trim them up nicely. Manscaped have the greatest trimmer ever. Look, this new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 manscaping trimmer now available for purchase. Look, when I tell you this is premium, I mean this is a premium trimmer. Don't nick yourself, don't cut yourself, don't leave some awkward hairs sticking out of one end and not the other. You know what I mean. Look, this is a premium trimmer. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes. You can take a longer shave. And one of the coolest features is this LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Let's not forget also, there's a charging stand. Uh, it's rapid charging, by the way, powered by USB. And uh, they've also now got a 7,000 RPM motor with something, unfortunately, called a quiet stroke technology. Uh, we're going to leave that one right there. Look, if you're listening to me speak right this second, you're one of the few people to hear about this life-changing product. I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. In fact, I want your nuts to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off free shipping. Use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code B-L-E-A-V. All right, so welcome back. This uh, National Compliment Day. I want to welcome you back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer. Just a reminder, I'm with you every Monday through Friday from uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. 
every day right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on SiriusXM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, live on the SiriusXM app as well. And I would be remiss if I didn't welcome this National Compliment Day, all of our men and women in uniform around the world who are listening to this show on the American Forces Network. Great to be with you. Such a privilege and pleasure to speak to you guys in the, on the American Forces Network. By the way, we're also on iHeartRadio. Tune in. Uh, and the show is available on our podcast network at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V, podcast.com, immediately following the show. So be sure to head over and subscribe just in case you miss any of them. All right, well, look, we uh, went through most of the results midweek in the in the Premier League. We talked about some FA Cup picks in the last segment with Al Ninos, but I want to talk about the two matches that I left out. I want to start with uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers at home, against Liverpool at Molyneux. And I, and I want to say, if you listen to the prediction show that I did on Monday uh, before this game, I told you that I thought this could very, very well be a draw. In fact, I, I predicted a draw for this game. I said this is where Liverpool potentially likely could drop points because I think Wolverhampton Wanderers are an absolutely terrific club. I mean, well, look, we all talk about uh, Adama Traore and what an incredible player he is, but we need to really talk about Raul Jimenez. He's sort of an old-school number nine center forward. There aren't that many of them left in the league. It's kind of a, uh, uh, it's kind of a position that is not in vogue as much these days as it used to be. He is every bit a traditional number nine center forward great player. I think his hold-up play in the box is incredible. And while he might not score as many goals as one would like, um, I don't know how many he has right now. I can pull it up here in a minute. He is a heck of a player. Creates space, makes things happen for the team. Look, this Wolverhampton Wanderers team under Nuno Espirito Santo is really a terrific team. And if you look at the table right now, if there's any one of the following teams that you think that I think is capable of making a run into the fourth spot, I think it's Wolves. Look, you've got Liverpool, City, Leicester, and Chelsea. Uh, Leicester are 48 points. I mean, it, it's going to take a miracle uh, of, of bad luck for Leicester City to drop out of the top four. It's possible, but unlikely. Chelsea are 40 points. They are up and down, inconsistent. We know that. We've spoken about that. And, of course, a huge game coming up in the Premier League uh, next time around between uh, Le- between uh, Leicester City and Chelsea. Probably the most important game of the weekend. And then you've got Man United, who have a hugely important game themselves against said Wolverhampton Wanderers. Now, if Wolves beat United, Wolves will leapfrog United and get into fifth spot. If Chelsea lose to Leicester, which, by the way, I think they will, Wolverhampton Wanderers will only be seven points off a fourth spot. I think if there's any team capable of making a concerted run to the top four, it's Wolves and maybe Tottenham. I'm very concerned if you're a United fan about this. Uh, Unless, and I say unless, unless between now and the end of the month, somebody comes in with big money bids for either Adama Traore or Raul Jimenez at Wolves. That's the question. Will Manchester United look to either of those players to make a big bid to bring them in? Because I think both those players could certainly help them out enormously. 
would they want to go there? Is United still the sort of target you want to go there? You want to go to? And we're going to talk about this in a second. But look, I love Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's a great club. What a win for Liverpool, though. Finding that because I don't actually think Liverpool were the better side on the night, and I'm a Liverpool supporter. I I, I was so impressed with Wolves. They played Liverpool like no other team has played them this season. Maybe maybe uh, City can play them like that. I I think if we look to games matches where liverpool could drop points you know it's city again now that laporte's back they're defensively uh, a lot more stable than they have been without him and of course again we talked about that one nil villain one one nil win uh away at bramall lane not conceding a goal but we'll find out because city are away at the tottenham hotspur stadium playing tottenham so we have some massive matches coming up uh, the next premier league match day but look let's get to the topic at hand united lose at home to burnley the fans boo the team off at halftime they boo the team off at the end of the game the old trafford is essentially emptying 10 minutes before the end of the game here as united drop three points to a team that is quite frankly not great beat three nil by chelsea Beat 2-1 by Villa. United beat them away 2-0. Yet they go to Old Trafford and beat them 2-0. Now, I I will say this. They are on a bit of a roll. At Turf Moor, they uh, beat Leicester 2-1. So they're on a bit of a roll. Give Give them credit for that. And by the way, we'll see how much of a roll because they're hosting Arsenal next. Maybe they'll get another three points. But for the Old Trafford faithful, this was the last straw. And I have been supportive of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because I think he's been put in a very difficult situation. I think that uh, he's a decent guy. He obviously was a legendary player, more in the sort of super sub role, baby-faced assassin. But in terms of where they are now, I don't think that this is the guy. Look, his managerial uh, his managerial experience is limited. He came in after two seasons at Mulder. Uh, and, you know, I just don't know that he is the guy. I don't think he is the guy anymore, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because I don't think he has the depth of experience to build a squad, to rebuild a club. I don't see that as in his wheelhouse. And I'm not sure that United, in fact, I know they don't, with Ed Woodward, without a proper sporting director, I don't think they have the backup for him and the support that he needs. So it's not really a rub on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's more a rub on his experience, what's needed at the club, and the support mechanism that the club has to provide him to deliver what he needs to, which is a rebuild completely from the ground up. So if you think about that, if you think about that, there really is one choice and one choice only out there that I can see, and this man is right now unemployed, and I'm talking about Mauricio Pochettino. And uh, if you're a Manchester United supporter, and I will work to get Phil Brown on here next week, Pochettino 
has to be your man. You have to you have to bring him in. And uh, it's a tough situation. I, I, I don't think you necessarily bring him in now unless you think that there's hopes that Man United can somehow uh, bridge a six-point gap, can somehow outpace Tottenham Hotspur or Wolverhampton Wanderers for that fourth spot if Chelsea should drop down. But if there's no Champions League football, it becomes very, very difficult to recruit players like Adama Traore or like Raul Jimenez or Fernandez or any of the players that they want because United still see themselves as this sort of massive club that wins everything every year. And they are a massive club, don't get me wrong. So I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying right now they're not winning anything and there's no Champions League football. And without that, it's going to be very, very difficult to recruit unless you can show potential recruits that you have the path, you have the way forward. So you can go to uh, a big-name player and say, look, we've got the sporting director, we've got the backroom, we've got the infrastructure, we've got the money, and we have an experienced, established coach that has uh, uh, that relates to players that can build and has shown success. And quite frankly, uh, while, you, while we may argue about what Mauricio Pochettino has, has won or hasn't won, I remember we were arguing about this with Jurgen Klopp when he was at Liverpool for the first couple of years, and now look at him. Uh, I think that is probably the guy that you have to bring in. The question is, do you bring him in now, or do you bring him in at the end of the season? Uh, if you bring him in now, you're hoping that he's go you're going to be able to attract someone, but there is only a few days left in the January window. So I'm thinking probably don't you know piss off the United fans, fire a club legend. I would say let it get to the end of the season, task Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with trying to get into the Champions League as best he can, make a couple of short-term signings, maybe some older players, which I know are not in the wheelhouse of what United want to sign, but do what you have to do to bring these guys in to try to compete for the Champions League, try to get there. And at the end of the year, you quietly part company with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with a smile on your face and a handshake and a, and a, and a nice watch and everybody's happy and everybody's you know pleased with each other. And then... And only then, the end of the season, do you announce Mauricio Pochettino's coming in to take over the club. And you bring him in early enough that you can start with your rebuild. And remember, this summer is a Euro summer. So a lot of players on international duty. And so we probably won't have notification of what trades actually get done until after the Euro. So look, fascinating stuff. I'm not a United fan. I hate the bastards. But it, it is an absolutely fascinating situation where a club is really struggling to rebuild itself after you know a legend and you have to ask yourself were they too quick for firing david moyes were they too quick to fire jose Mourinho? were they too quick to fire louis van hall are they going to be too quick to fire Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? i think he's had plenty of time this isn't a ralph hassenhutl situation but as i mentioned next premier league match day huge we got chelsea leicester we got manchester united Wolverhampton Wanderers, and we have Tottenham, Man City, huge matches, and Liverpool, well, Liverpool face or West Ham United and David Moyes. All right, I'm going to uh, step aside, take a break, I'll be right back to wrap it up. Uh, Fifth Street Soccer. Right, welcome back to Fifth Street Soccer. Just a couple minutes left. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, always enjoy bringing it to you and hope you will make me a regular part of your week because I'm with you every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. 
on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, the Sirius XM app, iHeart TuneIn, uh, and of course the podcast up on the Believe Podcast Network immediately following the game. Look, I've been promising for the last few weeks we'll be bringing Kartik Krishna back, Crash Krishnaya back on a slightly more regular basis. I believe next week we'll have Kartik in for a couple of days at least. It's always great to have someone to have a chin wag in. But I do want to bring Phil Brown in as well so we can talk to Phil about the situation at Old Trafford, which is dire. But I don't think it's irredeemable. And I think United supporters have to try to take a step back and not worry about where they are today because I think the pressure above is hard and the pressure below is strong i think they're gonna get squeezed by the way talking about big matches next premier league day and there are so many of them isn't this great um arsenal arsenal travel pardon me arsenal southampton travel to liverpool to play at anfield and southampton you know liverpool's feeder team let's be honest how many of these great liverpool players like virgil van dyke have come from southampton um uh, and uh, as I said, Hasenhutl, uh, almost a disciple of Jurgen Klopp, could be a great game. Could be a fabulous and exciting game. Uh, I look forward to seeing it. Look, find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N I C K G E B E R. Hope you've uh, enjoyed the FA Cup picks we gave you a little earlier with Al Ninos. You can find Al at picksandparlays.net, by the way, if you want to get his picks. Well, he does all sorts of stuff, but he does uh, soccer and he does. Um, basketball hockey all, all this sort of stuff excellent handicapper great guy uh really appreciated al coming on and talking a little um uh fourth round fa cup i'm gonna have to uh, go right now because the show sadly is over there's never enough time uh but i will be back with you on monday and never fear so i will uh speak to you then and uh very much look forward to it in the meantime download the podcast believe Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.